Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello and welcome back to the Sofa Cinema Club episode number nine. I'm Colton Smith and as always I'm joined by Jack P. Shepard, Ben Price. The Sofa Cinema Club is our podcast where we get together and educate each other on films. Now it's all about the films we should have seen but we haven't. Each week we sit down and we watch a film that the other has picked and then we come into the studio and we talk about what we loved, hated and rated. Now the beauty of our film club is that anybody can join in. All you have to do is watch along with the films at home and then come and listen to us every Thursday. This week's film has been picked by you guys, the audience, and it is Train Spotting. But before we get into chatting about the film, a lot has happened. We've had Christmas. We're coming up to the new year. But what have you been up to since the last episode? Um, yeah, we've had Christmas. That was boring, wasn't it, for everyone? Skim over that one. <laughs> hello, hello, How was it, Jack? Me, Hanny, a mum and a sister had it. Just the four of us. Conga? <laughs> Conga. I usually go out for dinner, yeah, we have to. Oh, done. do you? Yeah, I usually go out to, like, a restaurant or something like Aren't that. Aren't they open in Manchester? <laughs> just because just just you're in the <laughs> south. Tier two. You've got tier zero. Everything's open tier two. It's great. My brother, <laughs> tier four, nothing. Can't go outside his house. No Father Christmas. No gym, tier four, nothing. Nothing in tier four, nothing. Can't even breathe. <laughs> no Father Christmas. No Father Christmas. Oh, so you normally go out, but you didn't, you stayed in. No, we didn't do any. We did what everybody does. We had the dinner. We put Christmas songs on. We opened presents, and then we played. Get anything good? I only wanted aftershave. Did you Did you get it? Yeah, I got three bottles. Woo! Berry Market was busy that week, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. What did you get? O- outside Strange Ways. <laughs> yeah, Have you got anything that smells like Don't this? Don't mill. I was there. <laughs> <laughs> With all the samples I've got from Selfridges. I want this one. Have you got this it's one? It's like... Creed, but with a bit of Sauvage on. Have you got that? Yeah, we got that. We call it Seed. <laughs> <laughs> what did you get, Jacko? Come on. Uh, well, we're going to smell it at work or fucking next year. Oh, yeah. I got some Maison Margiela, I think she's oh, yeah. called. Yeah, good pronunciation. Yeah. When I go for aftershave, I usually go for the... Um, Strongest one? No, the... Uh, <laughs> what's You know where the female and the male come? What's it called? Unisex. Unisex, that's the word I'm looking for. I usually go for them. So it appeals to everybody. Uh, <laughs> I got aftershave as well, and I did the classic Colson thing, by the way. So I've, I've unwrapped it, 
And my mum goes, that's the one you like, innit? And I went, I've not worn this for two years. <laughs> and I was like, oh, what have I just said? Oh, blunt as ever. Oh, my God. Yeah. Thanks, mum. I'm going to throw this back in your face, just like Disneyland 2014. <laughs> you know in my bathroom, Ben, I've got that uh, molten brown tobacco. Yeah. The one that's really strong. Yeah. So, like, another massive part of that. <laughs> but I, and then afterwards, I was like... I didn't mean that. I didn't. I, oh, thank you. Thanks. Oh, but it was just that too late instant then. thing. Yeah. And then the guilt of the backtracking. Tra- but yeah, Christmas. Anything else, Jack? No, not really. No, nothing else. Coles, what did you get? After shave you didn't like. I got injury related presents. Because oh, oh. we've got <laughs> to talk about it, haven't we? <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Like I know it, you it, don't, but that's what we're here for. That's what it's the at the point to- where I'm crying at night now <laughs> like it's not is it not getting, getting better? better no and i've rang about 14 physios today and none of them are open because it's christmas i've put my back out <laughs> <laughs> i have <laughs> what have you done vacuum no do you know how i've trapped a nerve or something in my back oh that's fucking, really bad fucking killing me and i've only just i did it about half an hour ago do you know do you know how <laughs> Putting moisturiser on my face. <laughs> How does that Why happen? Why were you putting it on your ass? I was literally just putting it on my thing. So I'm obviously moving my shoulders to, you know, to uh, to to put all the moisturiser in my face. And it just went click of that. Ooh, it's a lot of wow. tension there then, isn't Must there? Be. If you just put a moisturiser on yeah. and you put your discount. Gone. <laughs> <laughs> I take my I take my top off with pain, and then I get some of that. Um, what's that spray? That deep freeze spray, deep freeze, yeah, deep, deep heat type thing. Freeze or heat, yeah. yeah. And I'm trying to get the angle right to spray it. You know, on my back. Oh, it's flipping killing me. Stretch it out. Stretch it. Out. You and Colson need to go to the clinic. So have you been able to run at all, Coles? I ran on Christmas Day, which. Might not have been the smartest move in hindsight. I, d- I don't. I I really don't know because it feels like it, it's pain you can cope with, and then it's not pain you can. It, it, it's weird. It's just not. It just isn't right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's annoying. It's really, really frustrating. Dude, that's a dampener. I can see it's got you. It's a dampener on your Christmas. Yeah. People could see this. They'd see your face. Week seven. What have you done, Ben? Massive. Obviously, massive. <laughs> Christmas wasn't cancelled where you were either, was it? No, no. Tier two, do anything. You can get on a sledge. Can, well, no, like everyone of our relatives is in a higher tier. So my brother's four, my parents are three. Perfect. Yeah. It's just us. Great. <laughs> so I was, well, I was like, yeah, fine. We didn't see anyone, probably like everyone else's Christmas. Yeah. I think partly because we're at work, we're so locked down at work, I don't feel like... Anything's changed. Yeah, I don't do anything extra. I don't suddenly go, oh, great, I'm going to go out. Yeah, no. I'm just like, you know what, let's, it is what it is. Anyway, Christmas is Christmas, whatever. However, Christmas night, now Jack will get this. Coulson, you've got it to come. You have to pretend. Does Reuben still believe in Father Christmas? I don't think so. Do you still do a stocking? Well, no, I say... I got a stocking, by the way, this year. (laughs) (laughs) Just so you know. I'm talking to the wrong adult. I completely got that wrong. I dropped it on Christmas Eve to my mum. I went, just so you know, I'm 
staying at home, so I expect a stocking. So he's, <laughs> he's seven. I have the kids usually Christmas Eve, and then I, I, I get them Boxing Day. That's sort of what we do. So we do yeah. presents, and I gave them their presents on Boxing Day this year. Yeah. And I just say, these are from me. Ho, ho, ho. Well, I think he does know then. Yeah. Doesn't he? I want him to know that I've got these gifts for him. <laughs> <laughs> They've not been made by Will Ferrell in the North Pole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, at one point, you know, at one point, you probably sneaked in with a stocking, yes. didn't you? Yes, yes. Like Colson's mum's still doing to him now. You sneak in, ho, ho, ho. She's got, and you, and anyway, my kids are older, but we still do it mm. at night, sneak in with a stocking. And you have to, it's not a stocking anymore, is it? It's like a fucking pillowcase or so much <laughs> shit. Yeah. I left a duvet cover out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm expecting big things, Jane. The best bit for me was. I'd left the pub in the garden on Christmas Eve. Both my parents were in bed. I left the pub in the garden. Santa had already been before I went to bed. <laughs> Did you open it up? No, I, I went straight to bed and opened it up. Half five, I was awake, though. Standard, wired, Christmas morning, oh buzzing. Oh, my God. Oh, really? Oh, knocking on your parents' door. Did you get in your parents' bed? Hiya. No, I didn't, but when I said I'm going for a run, my dad went, are you not going to open your stocking on his bed? That's what you used to do. <laughs> Yeah, come on, Dad. Don't be like that. I'm 22. Anyway, thanks for the stocking. I'll see you in a minute. So there we were. You've got to do everything. You're mooching around. I don't know why it was like half one, two. Mooching around, stocking around. Go to bed. Get into bed. Three in the morning, my wife, out of nowhere, screams, top of her voice, stop it! Stop it! I'm like, I'm like, I'm awake. No, I am... (laughs) Not like, oh, I wonder what that noise is. I am full. We're getting invaded away. From <laughs> yes. I'm, st- I'm stood. Karate pose, undies. Oh, we're getting robbed. <laughs> she, someone's robbing the stocking. Yeah. I'm up patrolling. I'm like, what's, what's happened? What's happened? She's asleep. She's having a dream. <laughs> and in a dream, she shouted at the top of her voice. <laughs> Stop it, stop it. And I've gone, I'm up, I'm up. Oh, wake. And I went, and she's like, uh, uh, and they woke up, I had a dream, I had a dream you were pulling the light and it was coming off the bedside table. Oh my God. Straight to sleep. She's straight back to sleep. Like nothing could happen. Like nothing happened. Oh, Billy Big Balls, I'm awake, aren't I? I'm awake, absolutely wired because I thought we were being burgled. My head had gone. (sighs) All morning, Christmas morning, I'm a bit like, ooh, a bit groggy. So I thought, oh, do you know what? Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take the dog for a walk. Calm her down. Christmas turkey, everything like that. Mm-hmm. So we're walking through the village. Santa, because it's a tear system, I think what's happening is the grandparents aren't saying hello to the kid, are saying hello to them outside. And this granddad dressed up as Santa, dropped the parents at the packages at the door. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah. Sees them from a distance. Star attack Santa. No, stars is one better. Stars watching this lovely scenario. Ho, 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 old man coming up to see his kids. And I'm looking at it, I think, yeah, you know, that's really lovely. They're working with the tier system. And they think about it. Star looks, and it's opposite in their garden, opposite verge. Massive, Massive shit. shit. Massive, Massive shit. Massive. Like, like a sort of five-minute double. Like, go, stop, have a middle look, look at Santa, again and then i'm i'm like bag fiddling for the bag so then i've got the dog poo now halfway around the walk there's no dog poo bin 
I've got to do the whole walk for the dog poo bin. Carrying shit. Carrying shit. It's been raining. <laughs> I'm on the hill in the wood. Oh, no, I know. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Feet go. Oh, my God. Feet go. Arse <laughs> over tit. And I've got the dog shit, the biggest dog shit a small dog can do in a bag. Oh, and as I go up, mid-air, I go, no, the dog shit. Yeah, and oh, I no. hold my hand in the air. Save the dog shit, because it would have fallen on the dog shit. It's all down my face. <laughs> it's all down my hair. It's all down my coat. It's all down my trackies. <laughs> I do the rest of the Christmas walk. Oh, my God. Looking like you. I've been run over on one side. The other side, perfectly clean. Oh, my God. I open the door to... Merry Christmas! <laughs> Just, I've got a dog shit in my hand, and I'm, I'm covered in what looks like dog shit from head to toe. Oh that was my Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> dog shit. So there we go. That was the rest of Christmas. Yeah. I couldn't stop the rest of Christmas, whatever. Plain sailing after that, innit? Plain sailing. Easy. After the potential falling in a dog shit, yeah. it was plain sailing. So that was my Christmas. Oh, funny. funny. Not too many dramas then. We had we had a, b- a bit of drama as to when Dad started carving the meat. I'd gone to pick the meat up. What did you have? What did you have, turkey? Well, it was meant to be a free bird roast, but I, apparently I just picked up a turkey crown. <laughs> So that was drama because mum's cooked for a free bird roast and I've only got a turkey crown. Oh, you picked up the wrong turkey. <laughs> I mean, you picked up the other Smith turkey. They got a fucking free bird roast and you got their. They're turkey. buzzing. They've hit the jackpot. They're buzzing. They're going all. Oh, they're we've got pigeon, a, quail, a chicken, and a duck, and a quail, and a partridge, and a pheasant. Something else. <laughs> and you've got that. What did you? What meat did you have, Jack? Crown. I think it was crown. Or just breast. Do you know what? our dinner was stunning? Fair play to my mum. Oh, she did something right then. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you wouldn't have said that. You, she's had a hard time and you've you thought, I've got to even this up here. So I'm not a Sunday dinner guy. Like, meat and two veg is not my meal. But Christmas dinner, you make an exception for. And mum smashed pigs in blankets, bread yeah. sauce, yeah, oh, sweet potato mash, potato... You know, the turkey was... It, you know, it was probably the best part of Christmas was And your Christmas dad dinner. did the carving? Dad always does the carving. Oh, okay. Always. Man of it's the like, house. I yeah. never do the carving. I'm never no. allowed to I don't, I don't think my mum can do it. I just put the condiments out. That's my job. <laughs> <laughs> Ketchup and mayonnaise on Christmas dinner. <laughs> so I do a bit of mustard. I get that on. I'll do the knife cranberry, and fork. Salt, pepper. <laughs> Watch your back, Jack. Doing the cranberry. <laughs> oh, no. Well, it has all gone off then, hasn't it, this Christmas? It's a funny Christmas, though. It must be a bit weird for people, I think, listening to this. I think must have been a funny if you have a big family and you want people around and and that's hard isn't it? it 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 it's not easy and it hasn't been the same and you you know you almost feel like you don't want to go on about how yeah. different it is and all that but and the other thing it made me has made me realize whilst we're stopped now is how bloody grateful i am that we go to work through the week because yeah. I, it's been a week and i'm already losing the will to live <laughs> strong but you can't <laughs> You can't do anything. You can't see yeah. people. You yes. can't go for dinner. Hey, what tier are you? Three? You yeah, all in three oh, now. I've lost count. But I can see out my window. I can see tier two. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's amazing. And they're, they're on trampolines. Carnivals. And it's sunny. <laughs> me, me neighbours there. They're, they're having a fair in his garden. <laughs> our, our side at road. Tier three. I haven't really got into the system. I just think you just can't. I've just got it in my head. You can't do anything. Yeah. Well, that is that is yeah. what it is anyway, isn't it? That's what yeah. it, it kind of should be. But 
it's just a bit dull. And what about you, Shepard? Would you like to be at work? Oh, yeah, you've got to go to work, haven't you, for a, you know, peace of mind, really. I mean, are you done now, after a week? Are you looking forward to getting back? Yeah, I suppose. Well, we get to all chat, don't we? We do this, basically, when we're in work. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a laugh for us. Just without a film. Yeah. Um, this week, obviously, we've watched Train Spotting because that's what you wanted us to watch. Now, unfortunately, because it's Christmas and everyone's been a little bit busy, we haven't got a synopsis. So, the king of synopsists himself, Jack, what? take it away. No, <laughs> this, this wasn't the agreement. Am I, I doing think, one? No, I'll do, I'll do. Yeah, Ben, um, do um, A group of lads and a girl in Scotland, drug addicts, try and give up, can't, try and give up, kind of do, get caught, go to prison, then think of a great way of making a load of money, film ends. Yeah, but that's not a synopsis. It is. That's what happens. If you were going to sell the film, that's what happens. Yeah, but I mean, you don't you don't tell the whole plot from beginning to end. You just, you sort of tease it up. You, you get to, you get it, to the yeah. middle. And then... Holy shit! I never realised yours were so complicated. <laughs> you start off opening credits. Okay, <laughs> go, you do it. Go now. On, you Jack. Go, we're, yeah, go on, we're Jack. compare. And then I'll do one. I'll do one. After. Then you can do one. Then people can say which they thought was their best. Well, the key with a synopsis I always find is just finding oh, the main character hell. straight away. Jesus. The main character follows Renton, played by Ewan McGregor, and he's a heroin addict, and he's got a group yeah. of friends that are also into heroin. They don't really do anything all day long. They just do heroin. Yeah. He tries to be the bigger man, and he tries to come off the gear. Uh, he struggles because he's still in contact with um, the same group of friends. So they're still doing the drugs and he finds it difficult to come off. Um, he eventually branches out and goes to London where they sort of follow him. And um, it's his sort of uh, struggle with trying to come off the drugs. That That's what it is. That's your synopsis. I suppose, yeah. That's it. I don't even know if it's worth me doing one. Yeah, you go on. You go. You go. You love them. Um, group of childhood friends Child. who all uh, joined oh, together by their in, love and affection for heroin. <laughs> now, one of them decides that enough is enough after his parents intervene and he tries to get off the drugs. He flees to London to start a new life, but he can't quite leave his past behind. This is the story of train spotting. You're reading that. No, I'm not. See. I'm just, just that screen. Good. All reading. I can see is you two. <laughs> terrible, terrible. So yeah, that you know, train spotting. It's a story of friendship. It's a story of drugs. It's a story. You know, it kind of is quite a simple story, really, isn't it? Do you know why it's called train spotting? Go on. Because there's no trains in the film, is there? There's it, one. Oh, is there? They get the train to the country yeah. park, don't they? Yeah. Right. Which I know because, sorry, just a bit of background. I have seen T2. The sequel. But I'd never seen Train Spotting. Uh, okay. So when I saw the train in the country park, they obviously go there in Train Spotting 2 for the f- to remember Tommy. Right. Uh, so yeah. I remembered that bit and I was like, ah, there's obviously some significance. And then I clocked that Tommy died again. So yeah, anyway, go on, Joe. It's basically Irving Welsh who wrote the book. Um, it's called Train Spotting because. That is a hobby that people obviously do. That is, I won't say frowned upon, but people usually don't understand what the appeal is to train spotting because 
well, to most people, it's very boring, and you only sort of understand it if you are a train spotter. Same thing with heroin, really. Heroin addicts do heroin, but it's frowned upon most people, and people don't want to get into it because it seems bad and, you know, um, lots of taboos about it, and you only sort of understand it if you're on it. Do you know what I mean? So that's why it's... That's Because it is quite a random name. I did think that. Yeah. I did think that. I actually really, really enjoyed watching this film. I don't know if it's because all I've been watching is Christmas films. Yeah. So it was something completely different, but um, I really enjoyed it. And it was actually on... Channel 4 put it on last night, didn't they, as well, which was quite fitting because... Oh, did I, they? Yeah, I thought it was quite random. That well, we, we had a word with them and we said, uh, you know... Yeah, that's great. I paid for it. I paid 99p. I, I paid, I paid 99p. 99p on Amazon Prime. Oh, <laughs> I wanted money back. But I thought, I actually, when I saw that it was on, um, somebody tagged it in on Sofa Cinema Club, and I thought, that's bizarre, because when I was watching this, I was like, this isn't a film that people will want to watch at Christmas. But it clearly is, because they've put it on. Yeah. So, yeah, so, you know, the film starts off, is it Glasgow? Where Whereabout are we in it's Scotland? It's set in Edinburgh, but they filmed it in Glasgow. Okay. And, it, you know, it is a tale of friendship, and it, you know, it greets you immediately with this underlyingness of drugs Well, I and suppose dirt. it's not. Is it friendship? But are they tied by addiction? Yeah. yeah. They're, they're just sort of acquaintances with each other, aren't they're they? They're sort of tied by their need to score and keep that high. And you see through the film, I suppose, that once that goes... They don't really have anything in common. No. You definitely see that with Ewan McGregor's character. Because when the film kind of starts off with him introducing everyone, doesn't it? Yeah. And when you start to meet the characters, their one thing that keeps them in common really is drugs. Other than Robbie Carlyle's character, who's like the high and mighty, everyone's got to be friends with. Yeah, I'm not quite sure why you'd hang out with him. He seems a tit. I don't think they've really got a choice, have they? Oh, he's like one of those dudes when you were younger who just sort of hung out with He's you. just sort of there, and no one's going to tell him that they actually don't really like him. Oh, it'd be stressful being with him all the time. His character really is kind of a bit of a gangster, which they're not. They're not gangsters. They're just drug addicts, and they're into the wrong things, whereas... He just wants violence. That scene where he throws the glass, yeah. Yeah. glasses the girl and comes down the stairs and goes, we're not leaving here until we found out who the glass the wee lass is. Yeah. It's like, yeah. what? Yeah, you just be like, oh, and they're all watching. And they're all oh. watching, oh. He's it's off just again. a Tuesday night drink. Yeah. And he's always got the knife. Why does he always bring the knife out? Whatever goes wrong, the knife. He's tiny. Maybe that's it. He's like a small guy who just wants to fight everyone. Robert Carlyle said, his backstory that he thought of when playing the character was that he's a he's a closet homosexual. Oh. And that's why he's so angry and violent in the fear of being outed. Oh. And Irving Welsh said after the film, and in an interview, he agreed with Robert Carlyle's perception and said that uh, that was his own idea when writing the book. It was a play before a film. So it was a play... Mm. Book, play, film. Yeah. Book, play, film, and Ewan Bremner, who plays Spud, played uh, Renton. In the play. Okay. In the play. Because yeah. Spud 
he's the one that he, he he suits the film so much, doesn't yes. he? Yes. Like his look as an actor, the style he plays, like he he smashes it as well. Like yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's a compliment to say that you play a heroin addict really well, but that kind of first bit where you see him trip, you actually almost feel like you're in that with them, don't you? When they're yeah. in that squat sort of place, they've got the chef cooking everything up, and it is kind of it gets it gets you into that vibe straight away of you can see that for them this is their way of life yeah well though it did seem a bit to me they seemed a bit at times a bit clean cut like you and bremner seemed slightly more on the edge but there was one time that you mcgregor's character sits up from the bed and he looks completely crystal clean i don't know i watched it with my girlfriend she went fuck he looks ill it's how pale he is he looks like a vin yeah, but he's he lost two stone for the film. Oh, did he? Yeah, in two months. Oh, yeah, into and he did me. it on a diet of uh, grilling everything and replacing drinking beer with wine and gin. <laughs> that was his diet: wine, gin, and grilled grills. <laughs> Basically, moved to Australia. Yeah. <laughs> what I think the director is because it's Danny Boyle, isn't it? It's a yeah. renowned, yeah. famous. British director. Yeah. Um, the way that squat looks, that set that they've obviously used, I think that does a lot of telling the story because it makes you feel a little bit dirty and yes. unclean watching it, doesn't it? Yeah, the set design with the loo, yeah. with each bedroom, the bricks. I think what got me was, I remember this when it first came out. I saw it at the cinema. I was still at drama school. Was how dated it looked. It did. Yeah. It, it hasn't aged well. It hasn't aged and... And I'm, but I'm like, I mean, obviously it's not in your two. It's a bit in your lifetime, Jack, but not really. It's in my lifetime. So there's yeah. no phones. Yeah. There's no internet reference. They've got an old telly. Mm. It's like, it's a, it's before it really changes. Before you get phones yeah. and everyone's on a smartphone and all that. And it looked more dated than I remember. Yeah. Well, obviously. Yeah, I thought it did. I thought it did look really dated. And I think this. I remember when this film came out, well, I remember when it sort of came available on VHS, which is when I saw it, it would have been like 98, something like that, but I remember being really shocked by it, it was like a shocking film, and I remember watching it last night and not really being shocked, I know I've seen it and everything loads of times, but it didn't really have that same effect as, I don't know with... Films is that and, because stuff's followed it on? Do you think? Maybe I don't know, but I remember it being really graphic and it being quite a hard watch. I remember the baby on the roof scene, yeah, when he's in his bedroom, being really a hard watch, yeah. And I remember sort of just watching it like I, I was, mean, there were. I think you're right. When I first saw it, the baby, the bit where he goes into the loo, right. That that was a hard watch, and I watched that eating a black forest gato brownie. Oh, no. <laughs> I tell you what, because it, it's like the first five minutes, isn't it? So I'm going through my snacks, and then I was I started to feel a bit ill, and I'm looking at this black forest gato brownie as he puts his head in, and I'm going, oh, yeah. I can't, I can't. That was awful. The poo was chocolate mousse. Oh, was oh. it really? Yeah. So it didn't smell that bad. It, the scene's awful. You, I mean. It might not have smelt bad to him, but I could smell it. But I think what Jack's talking about is when that 
first came on at the cinema, that scene mm. was quite iconic. Mm. Yeah. It was quite a shock. That It stood out to me. I watched it for the first time yeah, yesterday. Yeah, trying to scene, pick the drugs yeah. back up. Yeah. And actually, that's the most graphic display for me in the film of... The desperation. How he is. Desperation. desperation, how hooked he is on. Because that's his first final hit, isn't it? Yeah. Because that's kind of the fil- the theme of the film is yeah. that Ewan McGregor's character wants to get off gear. Mm. Yeah. But the thing about getting off gear is you always chase your final hit. So he keeps chasing this final hit until eventually he, he can't anymore. And that's when, it, obviously, his parents intervene. Well, and and also, locked. nothing changes if nothing changes. So if he, he knows if he does not move away... He's just going to be in the same place with yeah. the same people. Mm. He's never going to stay clean. So that's that whole trip to London. Weirdly, I just moved to London. No, I probably moved three years before, four years before. But it had that feeling to it. You yeah. went down to London and you could change, you know, what you'd been or what you were when you were a kid. You could get to London. It was all open. Then you see him go through the rave scene and drugs change mm. and him change. Um, yeah, but that baby scene... Although even even this time I watched it, I was like, God, that is a hard scene. Yeah, but I remember scene. it. me thinking it was a baby on the roof and it's quite clearly just a little robotic doll. With a wire. Yes, yeah. I see, I Do you see. know what I mean? It, yeah. I don't know but, why I weren't able to see that before. Maybe because it was VHS and it was grainier. Yeah. Do but you were young. Mean? Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, first time I watched it, the baby, there's, there's a tone of that all the way through isn't there so every time they're in the squat you kind of see this baby crawling through and when i watched it i kind of thought seeing the baby dead because obviously the baby dies in the squat we don't know how whether it's been neglected it seems to have had a fit doesn't it Mm. but that is kind of one of the first things that makes you and mcgregor decide there's got to be more to life than than this sort of thing and that kind of starts the ball rolling for him to try and get off it, doesn't it? And that's, I think that's why it, it haunts him throughout. And for me, I, I felt that watching it for the first time, especially when he's locked in that room and you kind of see the film flash back before his eyes with his spud in prison, mm. the baby on the roof, mm. it, his mate. Like, you kind of just see it. and it, it, I found When he's it, going cold turkey, you mean? Yeah, I, f- I found that an uncomfortable watch because I, I, I think, you know where you were saying, Jack, it was quite shocking the first time you seen yeah. it. I think it's still, for me, the first time it, it did have that aspect of it, it wasn't at all, it wasn't comfortable, put it that way. No. <laughs> and I haven't really seen that much in films before and I couldn't quite pinpoint why it wasn't. Yes, I understand that you could see the wire on the baby and when its head yeah. moved, it, 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 it wasn't great. Obviously, the way they've shot that still did something for me, and it's 20-odd years old. It still stands up. Those scenes still stand up. I suppose what Jack's talking about is what I found is, at the time, there hadn't really been anything like that. No. The way it was shot, the opening with them running was very, very famous. The music soundtrack, it was a real start of something. It was all The poster was very famous of all of them lined up, the characters. It was very iconic. It was of a moment. Mm. Mm. Do you remember I had the Choose Life poster in my bedroom at the flat, Jack? But you got it and you'd not seen the film. I find that weird. I'd seen number two because I watched it at the cinema. But I love that Choose Life monologue. I, I, mm. prop- I think I, might, I must have done it in like... A, I must have done it at some point. Yeah. And I just love it. I, I don't know why, but 
and seeing it the way it was obviously written for and meant to be with them running, it's brilliant. Yeah. It's a great opening. It was a bit like lock stock. Yes. Yeah. It hit you very hard. The opening got you straight into what they were. Three minutes, you're into that film. If it was longer than it was, mm. you've only got a few scenes of doing that drug taking, drug paraphernalia, trapped in a room before you go, I need a story to it. Mm. So he moved on. It he, he was only an hour and 20 or something, an hour and 25. He moves that story on very quickly. It only cost $1.8 to make. You believe that? Oh, really? And 800000 of that uh, went on promoting the film. Wow. So almost half the budget went on just promoting the film, and they tried to promote it in the same way as Pulp Fiction. And you remember when it came out, Ben, it was like, sort of like built up as like the next sort of pulp fiction. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it it became very successful and iconic. Like you say, the posters of them all, the soundtrack. I mean it took like eighty or ninety odd million. Mm, yeah. That's a hell of a return. Yeah. They the soundtrack, uh they asked Oasis to um Oh really? Uh, yeah, to uh, for some of their songs for the soundtrack. And Liam Gallagher said no, because he didn't want to put his music to a film about fucking trains. <laughs> <laughs> Always one step ahead. But he has since watched the film, and he said it's one of his favourite films, actually, of all time. Oh. And they, Oasis, were actually at the uh, premiere for the film. Oh, uh, were they? Yeah. Iggy Pop, isn't it? That's the, yeah. that's the musical tones for Lost for Life. Yeah. yeah, and then what? That final song at the end, like the dance remix, that's on your playlist, Jack, isn't it? Yeah, there's there's loads of my songs that are on Train Spotting. Like like for most films, actually, that's where I get most of my music from. Again, because I've listened to your music and I'd never seen the film. Seeing things where they were originally were or what they yeah. were designed to be with was just different, and I think I enjoyed that because it's what the podcast is about. It's a film that I should have seen but I hadn't. Mm. Yeah, and watching it and putting two and two together and learning things and realising that that's what Ewan McGregor used to look like and that's what Bobby Carlyle was like when he was young sort I of thing. I think also they were all cast. They were an unknown, really. Yeah. It does make a difference. I mean, they're all known now. Yeah. But they were really unknown and it did make a difference. It, it made a difference to the feeling of that film. You didn't have a preconception that... That's DiCaprio yeah, playing yeah, so yeah, know what you mean. a drug addict. These are all new characters looking like they're having an absolute blast making this film. Mm. They look like they were loving it. And they're all strong. I agree with you. You and Bremner in that scene, yeah. for me, it's probably my favourite scene. No, my favourite scene is when he throws the shit over the the mother and the father <laughs> at the breakfast table. <laughs> I have to say, that's a great scene. That is brilliant. We've all been there. We've all been there. I was nearly there on Christmas Day. <laughs> shit all over the place. But yeah, I think he captures it brilliantly for me. And it made sense that he'd done the play. He really mm. is nuanced. And I feel that character at the end when he sort of completely, you know, lost everything. He's lost himself, hasn't he, completely. Whereas Ewan McGregor sort of found himself. Mm. Robert Carlyle's got nothing. He's at the end of his life. Kevin McKidd's character's dead and and Johnny Lee Miller's character is sort of never really get a hold of him. He's just just there. I, yeah, just there. And his baby died. Yeah. I did find that a bit I forgot that bit. He was crying. He's bigger in T two, isn't he? His oh, is character he? comes across a lot more. 
So you know he has that final hit before his parents kind of take charge and it's got the shot of him where he's falling into what looks to be a coffin. Yes. That, that for me, stood out in the film of uncomfortable and a bit weary because you don't... It's like he, in effect, is dead and you see him and he's falling through what seems to be a coffin in the ground and then he's on the stretcher into the ambulance and then the next thing, his parents have put him in the bed. Mm. And I think that, for me, really helped me believe that he would do something as drastic as saying, right, let's go to London, let's start afresh, because... He OD'd, didn't he? Yeah, and the other thing that I really liked is, you know how the chef doesn't give a fuck? How he goes, I think I'm going to call you a taxi. He wants to wipe his hands of all the responsibility, doesn't care if that guy's dead on his sofa. He just wants rid. Mm. And I, for me, that was like, that. that's a shockingness of, you know how Ben said it's not a, like a friendship story. They, they, there's no they, they don't care there's there isn't that level no. between and you know when he gets out i think he realizes that you mcgregor and he starts afresh in london and everything is going well for him and that's when his past begins to catch up with him and haunt him it was so funny when he was showing people around flats that's what it was like when i first moved to london they'd show you around a shitty flat and then go yeah it's 300 pound a week (laughs) what it was just like that in the 90s it was just like that and it was that expensive i worked it out and it's what is he says is 320 but 612 that's it's like 1200 a month which now is a bargain in london (laughs) well i mean yeah i mean i remember someone paying for a studio when we were younger, I think it was 150 a week. And us going, 150 quid? Yeah, not We were like, when I first moved, I think we paid 20 quid each to live in Bayswater in a tiny studio, 40 quid a week. Was that a I lot? had to sleep. No, it was n- nothing. But I had to sleep under the bed. <laughs> <laughs> so I slept under his bed. There was no bathrooms, communal, no kitchen. Just like train spotting. Just like train spotting. <laughs> there we were when I first moved to London. But I remember that of people showing people around flats and people just having to take them because they weren't. Yeah. There was no choice. Um, but he, and then Begbie comes down, doesn't he? Because he does a robbery. Begbie does a robbery. He, he's a wanted man, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Which I think he loves, doesn't he? He loves the feeling of being wanted. Mm. He's done a robbery with a dud gun, hasn't he? And it's all gone wrong and he's not had his... And I think he is... He's a typical get-rich-quick kind of guy. Scheming, wheeler-dealer. Something goes wrong, so he runs to safety, which is London, and it's his studio flat. And he kind of just intrudes into Ewan McGregor's new life. Well, he forces himself upon him, doesn't he? And Hanny was saying... But isn't he meant to be his friend? Why would he let him in? And I went, I don't think he's got a choice in the matter. It's that Begbie's hard and he's scary and he he won't think twice about stabbing Renton if he doesn't let him in. I mean, he even holds him up against the door, doesn't he, with a knife yeah. and he threatens to cut off his balls. Yeah. So I think it's it's meant to be a so-called mate and he's just he's just got to put up with him being there. I suppose that was my point that when Coulson was saying about fr- they all want something. And if they're fulfilling getting something... They're friendly, and when it stops, when they stop fulfilling something, they're not friendly. Mm. And Begbie's not friendly. No, like Jack said, once he's not getting what he wants, yeah, or he's not going to get what he wants, he's not friendly. No, and then they all sleep in the bed. Then his other mate comes, yeah. to- <laughs> and then they have to go back for a funeral. 
which oh yes is that's kind of the bit of Tommy dies you know yeah. and Hugh McGregor feels responsible because he got him into heroin and he's dead and it kind of is a moment for Hugh McGregor where he realizes how well he's done. What's he die? He dies of cat shit, doesn't he? Cat shit poisoning. I think the cat does a piss or something into the heroin or something or shit and. It's toxoplasmosis, That's, isn't it? He yeah, something yeah. like that. He injects that. it into himself. Dirty needle, essentially. Ah, oh, right. But you you see Ewan McGregor basically realise how well he's done. He He's clean, he's off everything, and his friends and the life in Scotland hasn't changed. But it's at this point where Begbie basically comes in to a plan. They end up buying some heroin that they need to get rid of and they buy it at discount and they're going to sell it because they can sell it in London because McGregor lives in London. So this is the plan and basically Hugh McGregor doesn't want anything to do with it and they just force him into it. They force him into giving his money and that's the point where you can see how uncomfortable he is that he can't leave his roots behind. And then the bit that I found really difficult to get my head around was that he, who has been clean for like 12 months, has to sample it to check that it's good enough to sell, then for relapsing and basically ruining all his hard work, to sample, which just made no sense. That was the one bit of the film where I was like... I think that was the bit where, I think, looking at it, I thought, oh, there's an addict. Because it's been presented in a slightly different way to him. And he sees it as okay. He sees it as okay. He's, he's sort of, in a way, he's gone... Oh, well, I'm doing this because I've got to check what it's like Mm. and it's a deal and it's going to make me money. So it's slightly different from me being in a block of flats in the middle of nowhere. This is like almost like something I can do work. But I I have to admit, it's interesting. I did. I also found that uncomfortable. Is that they were making him do it? Yeah, but also they did and they didn't. It sort of was almost like as soon as his face reacted and went, it's good. He's back. Yeah. He's back in there with them, isn't he? Mm. And I I think when Hugh McGregor's character goes away, as an audience, as a viewer, that's who you get the affection with. That's the character yeah. you like and you bond yeah. with. And then when you see him go back, it's like, a, it is a bit of a, for fuck's sake. Like that's how I felt watching it. I was like, oh, here we go again. Mm. That probably helps for the end of the film, I have to say, because when he does the runner... You are a bit like, yeah, good on you sort of thing. Like, I was a little bit pissed off at him. Go on. I was like, you dick. Because, all right, I mean, they sort of forced him into getting the, putting the two grand up, didn't they? Yeah. So they've put two grand up between three of them. And then he's putting 50%. So really, he's only made two grand when he, he should be making. Yeah. He should be making. Oh, well yeah, done. I never really cotton on to that. Yeah. It's very good. Because they split the money, they get 16 grand and they split it, so they each get yeah. four. Whereas he put in two, so he should be getting eight, really. He should be getting half. But then you also have to think that he wouldn't know about the deal if it weren't for them. So he wouldn't have even made two grand. The intricacies of a drug deal. It's never easy. It's never easy. Now, when you watch that for the first time, was that the fact that he did the runner, you know how you said you were pissed off of him, Jack, was it a shock to you? I suppose just because he's... He's shit on his mates, really. But then throughout the whole film, you have to look at it and go, they're not really his mates. Yeah. Begby's not. Begby will kill him within a heartbeat. Sick boy, he'd have done the exact same thing if he'd just thought about it. And he says that. Yeah. Yeah. And the only one he does feel sorry for is Spud. So he does give him the money. Leave him some money. Leaves him the money, doesn't he? Because I'd seen T2 first. T2 is about basically Ewan McGregor coming back from Amsterdam. Yes. To 
redistribute the money is the moral but he hasn't got the money yeah and when he has it out with sick boy and he says left well eight of it was mine anyway because i've put up half the money in fairness to t2 as well it actually works a lot better than what i thought it did from watching the first one again because he says in this one begby's looking at going down for 15 to 20 years and the second one didn't come out until 20 years later when begby's just getting out of prison Aha. So it really does work as a sequel. Yes, there was a, it was a good, I thought, I agree with you, Jack, with the Hugh McGregor at the very end doing the dirty on his mates. But then I thought that fits the film. Yeah. Yeah. That fits the film. It does. It does. It does actually. Because actually, in the end, I've got a chance of 16 grand. Mm. I'm pissing off. Yeah. I've got a chance of getting out. You're fucked. Yeah. You, you're done. Your baby's dead. Baby's a nutter. Spud can't get clean. I can do something with this. And he does do that bit, to, or the moral decision of helping Spud by leaving him that little bit of money to say, that's my bit to you. But then I thought, crikey's left money for Spud. And then I thought, is he just going to go and buy gear? Yeah, of course <laughs> he is, yeah. Uh, Johnny Lee Miller's uh, character, Sick Boy. Johnny Lee yeah. Miller's the only member of the group of friends who's English. So all the rest are actually Scottish. So yeah. he's putting on a Scottish accent. Yeah, accent. And throughout making the film, every, all the co-actors thought he was Scottish. It wasn't until he turned up at the premiere speaking English that they realised he were putting on an accent. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Very similar to me. I'm French. <laughs> <laughs> and for all this time at Corrie, even at work, I'm having to pretend I'm English. And then put on another accent to play Nick. It's not yeah, easy. It's not tired easy. out. I'm tired out. Bonjour. <laughs> My kids are running in full French. Bonjour. Now. So it is a film that I really, really liked. Before we rate it, let's just have a quick break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. For me, it is solid. I can't actually 
don't know what, I just really liked it. Like, I liked it. I was in it. Mm. And it was it was quick. It was an easy watch. After it, I felt like I'd watched something. I didn't feel cheated. 8.5. 8.5? That's yeah. big. 8.5. Yeah. <laughs> just, I just just like it. You know when you just get a film and you go, yeah, it's a good film? Yeah. Like, there, I think there wasn't anything that I got hung up about or not like. You know, I just thought, yeah, it is It's a good film. Jack? Well, I have to look at a time when it came out in the 90s, sort of following on from sort of Pulp Fiction. It's grimy, cult British film. The soundtrack's great. I think Danny Boyle's done an exceptional job at directing the film. Uh, Screenplay's great. was even nominated for an Oscar. They filmed it in two months, this film. And I think that's amazing, really, that it's, it's still talked about today. It was massive at the time. It got a lot of money. So I'm I'm going to go 7.8. 7.8. I love the point eight. Yeah. It's, it's a bit more than a 5.5, but it's not quite an 8. Yeah, 7.8 I'm going. 7.8. Coles, what did you do? 8.5. Ooh. Do a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I agree. I saw this in the cinema. I remember being blown away when I did see it. I remember being thinking it was very fresh and very new. I did um and ah about whether I rate it now, seeing it yeah, again. Yeah, that's that's the bit. Yeah, because yeah. before I watched it again, I'd be like, oh, it's up, it's in the eights, it's it's in the nines. Yeah, and I don't. I think it's just from watching it now. It has dated. It has dated. There's 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 no one denying that. But yeah, I, I'm sticking to seven point eight. It is interesting how a film stays the same, but what you get from watching yeah. it changes. Because there's me who's just watched it the first time, and I'm there of, it's a great film, it's solid, which is what you would be asked for on your first opinion mm. if you hadn't seen it yesterday. Mm. But it is just that bit of, obviously you see things differently the more times you watch it. It's just interesting. Mm. We should do a podcast about it. Ben? I remember thinking, maybe it's it's because it, it felt so fresh that on the rewatch, it's not as fresh. Mm. So when I first watched it, the way the music was, the way the cutting was, the way the actors was, the story, everything just blew energy at you off the screen. And maybe you only get one shot at that. Yeah, maybe. And the second time you go, okay, I've seen Behind the Curtain. It's exactly what Jack said. And, you know, I'm really pleased that you got a lot from it, Coles, because actually, on the face of it, 25-year-old film about drugs in Scotland might not be your thing if we look at where we, we were at Hannah Montana, mm. Racing Stripes. Could have quite easily gone, do you know what, lads? Heroin addiction in Scotland is not my thing. It's a bit different to Hannah Montana. It's different. So I think I'm going to go... Do you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to go eight. Eight. Solid. Because eight. when I first saw it, it blew me away, and I think I'm going to go with when I first saw it. Mm. And I know we should be. Some people are going to shout. We should be doing it now, and what it is now. Maybe I should be, but actually, really, that film was so fresh. He did it very cheaply. Mm. What I mean, you'd be really happy with that film. Oh God, yeah. You'd be happy to be in it. You'd be happy to have made it, and it's still talked about now, twenty-five years later. Mm. I think that is a test of a good film. Yeah, I think it is. 
And I think actually Coulson's rating and Coulson coming up with that, I think actually don't be an old shit and go, oh, it wasn't as good as when I first saw it. Yeah, eight. Is that what made Danny Boyle's career? No, he did. He did Shallow he did. Grave. He did first. Shallow Grave before it with Ewan McGregor. And that's what got him train spotting. And then really... Then he did The Beach, but he fell out with Ewan McGregor in The Beach. Yeah, because he didn't cast him. Well, he was meant to cast him, but DiCaprio had done Titanic and Romeo and Juliet. So he cast DiCaprio instead and went behind his back. That's why it took so long, apparently, for... To get um, to Trainspotting 2. Because they fell out. I don't know. I haven't seen Trainspotting 2. It is good. I did like it. I mean, it's... Trainspotting is... It's like a cult film, isn't it? So yeah. uh, when you get one of those, it's very hard to do the sort of follow-up, really. But I think it is. I think it is a good film. It's a good film. It's not as good as Trainspotting, but it, I think it's. I think they've still done a good job. It's worth a watch. Shit, it's my choice, isn't it? No, we need to know what's the what. How many is that? What's the thing? I did seven points. I'll let you do the maths whilst I decide what I'm going to pick. With you two, it's sixteen point five. And then I'm 17.2 plus 7, 24.2. Three. Oh. <laughs> this is the most riveting part of the podcast. It's 24.2. 16.5 plus what? 7.2. 24.3? Yeah. No. You just said two. 16.5 <laughs> plus 17.8. 24.3. All that bit where you missed out school, but you were pretending to be on a on a street in Salford. Oh, I'm confused now. Right, whatever you say it is, that's what it is. 24.3. Right. So Coulson's gone into his DVD library, panicked, picked out a classic, and he's there now with his choice for next week is... Are you ready? It's one that has been on my mind for a while. We've had the act before, and I know Jack has an affiliation with the actor. Oh. But it it is it's a film that I really like. It's a film that I just it, it's it's another childhood memory oh, film. Oh, all right, here we go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, here we go. I think I think it'll stand up. I think it will stand up. Is it a cartoon? No, I think it's probably a cult film. I think it's probably quite popular. Are you ready? Go on. Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Oof. Hello. Oh. Alrighty. <laughs> Great. Right, we will see you in 2021, everyone. I know. Hey, hey. happy New Year! Party time. <laughs> uh, yeah, 2021. Can't believe it. Great. Thanks for listening. Yeah. See you next year, guys. See you, see you next year. year. Good night. God bless. <laughs> Bye. Planning for your next trip. Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? 
Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.